Welcome to another episode of the App Guide podcast. I am your host. It's Paul Kemp. Uh, this is the show that helps you, inspires you, because I go and get some of the best entrepreneurs who are doing doing it in apps, you know, and really bringing uh, to whole uh, the whole world of apps to life. And uh, today I am uh, in California, and I have uh, two wonderful uh, co-founders on. Um, I really want you to go and uh, check out their app. Now, the best way of getting it to it is go to theappguy.co, go to episode 290, and you'll see uh, the episode there. And I'll put all the links to all the things we're going to talk about and their app. It's called uh, Liri. It's a Lyria. It's a messaging app. We're going to talk about that, the launch, and uh, the strategy for growth. Uh, let me introduce uh, the two uh, co-founders uh, on the line. It's Praveen Chandran. Uh, he is the co-founder of um, a company called uh, Yaza, uh, but it, it's he's actually the creator of the Lyria app, and he's also joined by his other co-founder Naga Surendran. So, hi guys, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Hey Paul, Thanks, Paul. great uh, to be here. Yeah, wonderful. Very excited Pra-ve- to be here. Praveen, let's start with you. Um, tell us uh, about uh, the Liri app. Sure. So the application is currently targeted at people who uh, spend a lot of time on the road. It could be sales. It could be support. And uh, even in the case of uh, uh, marketing, if you are in conferences or in meetings all the time outside the office, uh, this app is perfect for you. Uh, that is also targeted at distributed enterprises where you have half the team sitting in Washington, the other half uh, in California. Um, so for all these different teams, we are a perfect solution. And yeah, Naga, maybe because uh, I watched the video and you're actually helping people uh, migrate away from the uh, obsession of email and using a lot more tools to just make the whole process a lot easier, which I'm obviously very thankful for because I, I never get a chance to speak to my wife anymore. She's got her head stuck in emails. We're all in an email mad world. Naga, I wondered what, what the what the description is that you could help to try and describe what it is you're, you're trying to solve. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it really came out of uh, one of the pain points uh, in my previous life as a director of product management at a company called Ring Central, where you know I was on a UK project launching uh, Ring Central for UK, and I you know as you would take vacation, I would I was in San Diego with my family, but still trying to do work, and all I had was email and like you said, you know inundated with you know hundreds every day, and I could not keep up with it. And second, I was finding it very hard to find information from all the different cloud apps that we were using. Um, so out of that, uh, you know, is where the inspiration came from. And when I checked with Praveen, he was struggling with a similar issue. So we are really trying to, you know, get rid of the email overload that people are just sending without context. So having a meaningful contextual discussion and messaging being the natural medium on mobile now. And then how can you bring together information seamlessly, which is now distributed in any of the cloud apps? You can just search across your data inbox, Dropbox, email, anywhere and then bring it into a real-time conversation and make it actionable. Well, this is great. And I have to say that the big theme of my show is uh, the successful app entrepreneurs finding a problem in the world. An email, there's loads of problem. Uh, and you've actually got together and worked on a solution, and that's your business plan, and that's what you're working on. Tell us the story of how you guys like kicked this thing off, and, and uh, I'm guessing is that how you met each other um, through like a previous company? Sure, I'll take that. Uh, so actually, Praveen and I met uh, while we both went to B school at uh, UC Berkeley. 
uh, we both did our MBAs there part-time while working. I was at Ring Central and he was at PayPal. And we stayed in touch. And uh, really the idea, like I said, came out of while I was uh, uh, struggling with this. And you know, we started talking about it, Praveen and I. Um, we worked on it for a couple of months in terms of uh, you know, kicking the idea, getting together the business plan and all of that. And when we realized that there is a big opportunity here, uh, you know, we also did talk to a few uh, potential prospects and customers and everybody agreed the email sucks, right? So you, if you try to help me solve that, we, you know, we, would, uh, we would be able to use it. So we said, okay, we need to jump on this full time. And that's when we took the plunge. Well, wonderful. So what I'm learning from you is that you basically met each other, met at uni and uh, you stayed in touch, even though you both went your separate ways with different jobs. And then you you had this kind of inspiration. What, what was it that a lot of people have inspiration, but what was it for you two to to actually physically start building a prototype and, and getting a, a real uh, app business going? I'll take a shot at that. So throughout uh, B-School, both of us were talking about getting into st- startups for a long period of time. And uh, even after B-School for a couple of years, we were brainstorming a series of ideas and of all the ideas we brainstormed, this one uh, stuck the uh, you know uh, basement of card with us mostly because this was a pain for both of us. And it was just a casual chat wherein uh, Naga came to me one day and said, "Hey, in Ring Central, I uh, uh, while I was working, I came across this opportunity." And then when he narrated the problem to me, uh, it was the same problem I was facing at PayPal. Um, I used to be in meetings all the time, and uh, I couldn't get work done unless I was in front of a laptop. And it was frustrating enough for me to one day say, okay, let's walk out and do this ourselves. Yeah, let's let's talk about that part because I love that part of the journey, which is that you've had to make this like incredible sacrifice in a way of quitting your job and and going and doing this on on your own or both together. Uh, How did you overcome the fear of, um, you know, going and doing something rather risky? Did you have that in your mind as you left uni and you definitely wanted to do a startup? Yeah, I would say that, uh, you know, throughout uh, our days when Naga and I stayed in touch, we always, uh, you know, spoke to each other and said, if we ever jumped into a startup, we were going to do it full time. Uh, So, yes, the fear factor was there to some extent, but I think we were mentally prepared to a large extent to take the plunge. Uh, It was was not a major uh, decision for us because if you want to, uh, you know, do a good job at the startup, if you want to uh, get the best out of the product and spend uh, time making it successful, we have to be full time. Yeah, and Naga, you're going to say some stuff there. Yeah, so to add to that, Paul, uh, you know, I I actually was involved in a startup with a friend while I was in B school, and I think even Praveen was, uh, you know, involved in a startup prior to this. So we we had been through the rigor a little bit uh, with working with other people and trying to go through the motion of building a product and you know fundraising conversations and all of that. And so we had a little bit of experience as to what to expect. And uh, in my case as well, um, I had planned, uh, you know, in terms of savings and what we needed, you know, we were ready for like at least 18 months, uh, mentally prepared to be going through that because we know that it takes time to, you know, if you plan for something in six months, it could take nine months. So, you you know, that is very critical for entrepreneurs, I would say, is uh, not going with the rosy picture saying, I'm going to go with my idea. Somebody is going to immediately fund me on day one. Right. Uh, So we knew that it's going to take it's a process. You're going to have to build a little bit of a product, get the validation, get some little bit of traction uh, while you start talking to, you know, for especially for first time entrepreneurs, 
for investors to take you credibly, you need to prove it out a little bit. Uh, I love this, uh, guys. And so uh, I think you're inspiring people listening to this right now who uh, can take actionable advice from this. Because what, what it sounds like is you're in the, the startup world anyway, and you got the startup bug. And even though you then started working, you always knew and had plans to, to go and do your own thing. Uh, and I love that advice there, Naga, about saving up and making, you know, real concrete plans to then eventually do this. And I guess you just needed the idea which then came along. Is that right? Have you got any other guidance for people like wanting to, to do the same thing as you've you've done? Yeah, I would like to add a few more points there in that um, I think Naga and I, when we started discussing about, uh, you know, taking the plunge, uh, the one thing Naga always uh, used to tell me is, Praveen, when we get into this, we shouldn't always look at the rosy picture. Uh, but imagine that almost uh, 90 to 95 percent of the startups that come out there uh, fail in some form or the other. And if that being the truth, uh, most of the blogs, discussion forums and everywhere else, they all talk about the most successful startups. But the reality is that there are a lot of startups that fail. And for anyone who wants to take the plunge, before you take the plunge, I would say think of the ramifications to your personal life. Uh, you know, whether you have the tough psyche to stand a lot of failures and sometimes, you know, walk out with nothing at all at the end of this journey, right? So that mental preparation is significantly important before taking the plunge. And in a way, Naga and I had that talk multiple times to ensure that we will be able to stay in this journey at least for 18 months. Yeah, let me just um, try and help the listeners here because I think, is it true that it's, it's hard to mentally prepare for that, isn't it? If you've never experienced what it's like to... Do work in a startup or work for yourself it, it, you know when you're in a job and you you get your salary every week or every month it, it's kind of hard isn't it to mentally prepare right so two things there that helped me paul is one i've worked in startups before this you know funded startups in multiple different stages that is the best way to look at it from while you're in a job how a startup evolves and the second part is podcasts like yours definitely i used to listen you know, prior to jumping into this venture for a year or two, you know, different types of podcasts where there are entrepreneurs coming and talking about journeys and you kind of, you know, correlate these data points and say what works, what doesn't work. Um, so that's definitely, you know, I can tell a couple of podcasts, you know, including Michael Scott, who is a venture capitalist who teaches at Harvard Business School. And he had a startup secrets, you know, where he walks you through the different journey of how do you launch a startup, you know, from idea to the next stage. Um, so micropreneurs, there are a lot of different podcasts that also help me. That's great. I mean, so you've been inspired by podcasts. And, and so you're saying that anyone listening to this now is like ahead of the curve, because they're at least taking actionable, you know, listening to actionable content and, and then working it out and, and listening to the other app, app entrepreneurs doing it. Absolutely. Well, and so, so you've, um, you've launched your, your company and uh, I noticed that you did like a promo video. I wondered if you've got any aspects of your launch of your process that you think you've learned from that could really help uh, anyone else who is launching an app. Um, absolutely. So to, uh, we are, by the way, uh, in the soft launch stage in that um, we did uh, a soft beta back in October where it was just a group of uh, 10 friends testing it out, picking it apart and saying, you know, none of these uh, features work. And then we went back, fixed it, actually released it in the App Store for the first time ever uh, in the first week of Jan. Uh, that's when we opened it up to our friends and family saying, OK, here's the app that we had built out. 
these are the use cases we are going after. Would you be willing to test it and let us know if we have got it right? And uh, thankfully, our friends and family were supportive in testing it out and giving us feedback. Uh, we, we got a lot of feedback and we were receptive to a lot of feedback. Uh, we used that feedback to uh, iterate on the product, add some more features, and we did a soft launch to a you know, small group of uh, prospects uh, back in uh, end of March. And we are working with them in iterating on their feedback before we may go for a public launch. So the lesson that I would probably uh, you know, give to fellow entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs is uh, plan it in stages and don't go with a big bang approach because uh, the problem with apps these days is that there are so many out there that your prospects literally give you one shot at it. So if you don't get the product right in the first shot and if it fails massively, it's hard to recover from it. So releasing it in smaller phases is always a good way of uh, testing out your hypothesis and then really going to mass market. That's wonderful. Maybe we could talk about how you're getting feedback. Are you actually meeting these users? Uh, you know, like for example, the soft launch in March. Uh, are you physically like um, meeting these people and, and just watching them play with your app? It's actually a combination of uh, strategies we are using. In certain cases, we send them an email and ask them for a 15-minute telephone conversation. And a lot of them have been uh, you know, kind enough to uh, grant us the, that 15 minutes and provide us feedback saying this particular feature is not working. Uh, plus, the other uh, aspect that we implemented well is we requested all of them to add uh, both my ID and Naga's ID in the application so that if they find an issue, they can message us right then and there. So a lot of our customers actually take screenshot of issues within the application. And then we have an annotations feature within the application, which they use to clearly mark up and say this particular part of the application is what is failing. And that has been incredibly helpful for us. And of course, beyond that, as you mentioned, there are some really close friends. Uh, we go to their offices, we sit next to them, watch them play with the app, watch them use the app actively, and they provide us feedback as well. Yeah, and Naga, how did you get these uh, initial users then? Uh, did you use a service? Uh, have you got any advice on, on how to actually get these users? Uh, because it sounds to me like that they're investing a lot of their time if they're giving you screenshots, sending you stuff. You know, it's uh, That's right. a lot of hard work. Yeah, so I think the best, yeah, the first uh, 10 customers, you know, this is a lesson that I learned from a lot of entrepreneurs as well, and especially more so, in the sort of uh, business software space, you need to find people in your network, or if you don't know, you got to go network out, you know, reach out to people on influencers on LinkedIn so that they can try out and recommend certain companies. So in our case, you know, I, having been worked in the, in the Valley for a while, we had an extended network of uh, friends that we could reach out to. And they also referred a couple of people saying they may be a good fit. And that's, it is a lot of uh, initially, like you got to do the sales process and sell the vision and get people excited uh, and get those first 10 reference customers to start using it. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the fact that you've been going since, uh, I guess you had a soft launch in October, I think you said. And uh, I don't know how long you've been going for. Uh, we started the company back in uh, May 2014. Uh, the launch in October was actually not in the App Store. Uh, we did uh, uh, the beta, soft beta launch using a beta tool, and the actual App Store uh, uh, launch was in uh, Jan 2014. I'm sorry, Jan 2015. So this is great because I want to remind the budding app entrepreneurs listening to this, the App Store tribe, that 
the fact is that you know you, you're here you have the idea you, you leave your job you start this thing in may and it, it it takes a long time to even get like a soft launch and it's just like a long process it's not like an overnight success is that the, the point you could you know that's uh, yeah i would say in our in it also depends on the type of idea uh, if it's a consumer idea uh, you know which has a very simple feature you might be able to launch sooner in our case it was a specifically a business software and there is an expectation of quality and feature set that businesses have today and uh, we needed to meet that criteria and then that's one of the reasons why we took the conscious time to test it out beta test it and then go launch uh, but again i would say uh, that's generally true like praveen said there is a lot of there are a lot of apps but people are people don't want to be beta testing uh, apps for the sake of it so they do expect certain level of quality uh, more so in the business software space it could be slightly different in the consumer space yeah i have to say that when i've been beta testing myself if the app crashes constantly i get i lose interest and so uh, yeah, I guess you do need a, an element of quality, which is what we're learning. Uh, how did you um, fund yourself through that whole process? Because, uh, again, that's another really important question. You know, you're not living anywhere that's cheap uh, in a way. And you, you need to feed yourself, don't you? So, that's right. Um, uh, you know, I think that would really help because, again, yeah. it's just one of those tough things that you have to adjust to. That's right. I mean, uh, let me take a shot at it and the Praveen can say, like I said, uh, you know, we were mentally prepared and saved up. Uh, over the years, even though we graduated from B school in 2012, uh, it took us a couple of years before we did this. So we were saving up consciously. And the second part is you know, your fam- family and friends are your initial investors. We don't, you got to really appreciate their support. You know, in my case, uh, my spouse and all of that, uh, they were definitely, you know, mentally and emotionally supporting you to get into this. And Praveen, you want to add to this? Uh, absolutely. So. Financially, I would say uh, the way to, uh, the best way to plan it is almost think of a mathematical formula where you say my monthly expense is going to be X, and if I have to go without salary for 24 months, technically I'm looking at 24X. Plus, on top of it, do a little bit of uh, planning on you know what kind of resources you need to build and release your product. It could be five people, it could be 50 people. It depends on the idea you're going after. So you need to be able to fund those people uh, in the form of uh, consulting, consultants coming into your team or uh, you know hiring full-time, whatever that be. So plan out those expenses as well. So your 24X plus whatever expenses are required to uh, release the product is potentially the savings you're looking at, at the very least, right? And really, it's your ability to execute and make something happen within those 24 months. Um, And of course, you know, most importantly, uh, when you're doing financial planning, also try to have a few team members as co-founders that obviously reduces the amount of money you need to go uh, run the company or else you're pretty much taking the brunt of uh, it all on yourself. And to add to that, Paul, uh, from a resource point of view, we did use some uh, offshore resources. Uh, specifically in India to help us out in some aspects of the app development. Uh, but we were also both hands-on. Uh, so I did some of the back-end coding stuff. Uh, you know, you got to roll up your sleeves and do whatever it takes. Praveen did, built all the UX, UI, and the website and everything else. Uh, so, you you know, you have to pitch in and do everything else and see if there are creative ways like using some offshore resources. Uh, we also had somebody help out, uh, build out uh, some of the parts of the app uh, for equity as well so yeah this is this is so good because this is very actionable i mean if anyone's planning this now 
and, and starting to think about the next nine months of when they're going to leave their job, uh, what what they can do is they can start saving. And uh, well, just yeah. one other aspect I'd like to add is that uh, while you're doing financial planning or even during execution, try to uh, go after the word free as much as possible. Or, you know, if free is not an option, try to go after low cost as much as possible. So in our case, whatever purchase we have made, be it software, be it hardware, even the whiteboard that we're using, uh, we try to make it as low cost as possible. That's one of the key aspects that everyone should look for. Yeah. And I, and also, I'm, I'm thinking that they, anyone listening to this should start learning uh, what they need to, to get their project off the ground. And, and rather than rely heavily on uh, outsourcing and just say, oh, I'll get someone in, I'll, I'll hire somebody for that, or I'll... Absolutely. I can tell you, just to add to that part, I mean, uh, you know, even though we, I had not coded in five years, but, you know, first thing I needed to do is pick up a Node.js book and start coding my backend. So it took me a month to learn Node.js, and then I started doing it, and you get into it. I'm guessing you can do that while you're working as well. That's Absolutely. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, um, there's one other thing um, I, I just wanted to kind of focus on. I don't think I've really done this before. And you mentioned something really important. I know it's important to me, which is uh, the support of your family, your spouse, uh, the people around you. And when I left my job, I, I, I was a little bit embarrassed about, you know, like the struggling and um, failing and all this sort of stuff. And um, I just wondered if you had any advice on how you keep your friends and your family and your spouse on your side. Do you bring them into the, the you know, the process? Uh, any tips on that? Because, you know, there is the element of like faking it and saying, yeah, I'm doing great and, and, and not really being telling the truth. Yeah. So in our case, actually, I mean, we consciously took the decision to uh, stay stealth in terms of at least announcing to the world until we were at the beta stage. Uh, because like you said, uh, you know, the emotional journey is important here in terms of keeping the calm while executing. So you don't want to be distracted by the discussion because people see you're an entrepreneur and they get excited. They look at all the big name exits and say, you're going to make millions of billions, but that's not the truth uh, You know when you're toiling it out. So uh, we try to not announce to the world as soon as we quit a job saying, hey, great, we quit our job, right? Uh, we focused on what is important, which is building out the product, talking to customers and all of that. Your immediate family, you have to set the expectation right, you know, because they may not understand what is involved. So in my case, I clearly set the expectation saying we got to build the product, get customers, and then we are going to go to funding uh, discussions. So that helps uh, set the conversation. Yeah, I made a mistake. I was like saying to my wife, yeah, go, go out and start picking your private jet, your Ferrari. <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur. We're going to do it. It's great. And then yeah, the reality starts to set in. And that's why I wanted to keep this podcast very genuine, very honest, you know, to people. And it's not easy. And uh, the, it's not just going to be an overnight success because you have made a decision to leave. And I just wanted to remind people about that. Um, there's Okay, so there's Two more things we need to do before we say goodbye. One um, is that we do like to try and give the uh, Appster tribe something of an idea. And I know that as entrepreneurs, you both probably have lots of ideas every day and you have to pass up on them because you're focusing on uh, the Liri app. I wondered if you could share with us something you've either seen or a trend or something uh, for an app idea. Praveen, you want to take a chance at it? I have my favorites. We jokingly uh, say, for example, you know, I've always said, uh, you know, looking at the Airbnb trend, you could do a garage BNB uh, where you can rent out your garage for somebody, but that's more a 
you know, uh, joking idea that comes out. I, I love but it. Are, garage B&B. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's not really a B&B, but whatever garage uh, storage, right? Uh, That's that genius. Is <laughs> it is. I mean, like how many people have a, a garage that is full of junk and they've got no space and they can't get their car in or, you know, they need another uh, garage. Right. There you go. So that's one thing. That, uh, that could know. actually disrupt the whole um, self-storage space uh, where exactly. you pay. I mean, it's more like uh, public storage going out of business. Uh, I'm sure um, you're kicking under the table there at Naga giving away that idea. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. Praveen? Uh, so um, I have actually been thinking through a few ideas uh, in the, uh, you know, IoT space and also a few ideas with respect to iWatch, uh, you know, with uh, health sensors and everything. Uh, there are a ton of stuff to be done, uh, especially, you know, helping out uh, uh, people uh, with, uh, you know, who are older, um, you know, their heart rate monitoring, their movement monitoring. There are a ton of things, uh, uh, you know, that come to mind. That sounds great. Yeah, the um, the whole process of um, incorporating health features on the Apple Watch that's uh, come out and the other smartwatches. Um, right. Yeah. Um, well, the the final thing is this is a show about apps. It's the App Guy podcast. We, lo- we love talking about apps. And I know that you've got smartphones, hopefully within reach of you. I wondered if you could just give us one of your like favorite apps each that you, or maybe one app that you feel is a, a good recommendation that we may not have heard, come across before. Yeah, I actually recently uh, came across an app called uh, Design Hunt, which uh, gives you recommendations for design inspirations, articles. So that was one. And, uh, you know, definitely been using uh, some of the email clients like uh, Cloud Magic. So, which is also uh, great if you're uh, trying to kind of consolidate multiple email accounts. So that's been one of the uh, apps that I've been using. Great. Any more? So uh, uh, for me, uh, I came across this app called Verb, uh, V-U-R-B. Uh, it's an application that's kind of similar to Google, uh, but their UX has been unbelievably amazing. Uh, it's search, uh, but it's search with a lot of uh, context added to it in that you can specifically search for like movies, TV shows, music or whatever. And there are also like location-based search and all uh, added to it that uh, when you search for something, you kind of feel like you're getting a lot of relevant information rather than a generic bunch of listings. So that's one app I've been using quite a bit in, in the recent past. That, that's great. So Google is getting a run for its money finally. We need some com- competition for search and that's a verb. Well, with all those... Um, uh, apps that you've mentioned and the resources i will make sure i put those in the show notes so just to remind people should they should go to the appguy.co uh, go to episode 290 um, search for praveen chandran and naga surendran and you'll see uh, links to those um, apps and uh, how best can we get in touch with you guys what's the best way of reaching out and, and uh, getting in touch yeah you can both uh, i mean reach us at uh you know, using at liriapp.com, naga at liriapp.com and praveen at liriapp.com. Uh, or if you uh, go to our website, uh, there is a contact us as well. Great. Yeah, and uh, the fastest way to reach us would be to actually download our application and add us as contacts so that if you send a message, we'll probably respond by, uh, back within seconds. Yeah, in fact, how can uh, the Apps of Tribe help you out? Are you seeking uh, beta testers and is the app globally available? 
So currently yes. the app is in the App Store and uh, users can download it uh, from the App Store and start using it. Uh, it's a freemium product and uh, uh, for the paid features, they should be able to uh, enable it uh, by reaching uh, out to us and we can help them enable the paid features. Uh, beyond that, uh, you know, if they have larger teams uh, to whom they want to deploy, we'll be more than happy to work with them and see how we can accommodate any of their special integration requests. Yeah, of course. So if there's anyone out there who uh, is actually in a corporation that needs your app as a business enterprise app, then uh, they should definitely get in touch. Absolutely. Yes. Great. Any final parting thoughts before we say goodbye? Or do you feel like we covered uh, everything we needed to on the Liri app? And I'll probably just add one thing uh, to all the aspiring entrepreneurs out there. Uh, you know, you guys are awesome. You guys make the world a better place because you always bring new ideas into the world. So if you are thinking of an idea, don't be scared. Just take the plunge uh, because it's an awesome journey. You know, people talk about failures. People talk about the tough aspects of entrepreneurship. But all said and done, there is a lot of, uh, you know, happiness in creating a new product and going after uh, a problem that's unsolved. So don't be scared. Just take the plunge. Take the plunge. That's the theme of this podcast in this episode. Thank you so much to uh, Praveen and Naga. Guys, it's just great. Very inspiring, your whole journey. And uh, I really thoroughly enjoyed chatting to you both. And hey, if anyone leaves their job because of this episode, please let us know. We love that stuff. (laughs) Thanks, Paul. Thank you so much. Thank you, Paul. Let me take this opportunity to remind you that I'm recording a new podcast. It's a weekly show called the App Store Launch Stories podcast. It's all about, as it says on the tin, uh, App Store launches. And what I do is I get uh, guests that are specifically going through a launch and we go through uh, how they're doing it, what strategies uh, they're using to launch, uh, what uh, locations they're launching in and uh, any beta tests that they're doing. Uh, everything that we can learn to help us launch our apps uh, more productively. So uh, if you want to go and listen to that, please do find it on the podcasting app that you tend to use, or you could always go to appstorelaunch.me. That is appstorelaunch.me. And on there, you'll also see an opportunity to give me some feedback. This is when I'm shaping the show. I'd love to know what you think. Please do uh, reach out to me via the website and uh, you'll see a link up there with some of the feedback I've already had uh, about guidance for the show. Um, Thanks very much. Go and subscribe now. And uh, in the meantime, I look forward to serving you another episode of the App Guide podcast pretty soon. Bye for now.